this is Ryan Vandenbush, and you're listening to the Sheriff Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to an exclusive episode of The Sheriff. Guys, tonight I am blessed to have one of the toughest men to ever lace up the skates. And the reason why I say that, ladies and gentlemen, is because I believe the toughest era in hockey was in the 1990s. This era was also the highest goals per game era and this playing out the most entertaining time in hockey. When rivalries were actually exciting, you could go to your lunchroom on Monday and actually be excited about the battle that you saw your hometown tough guy do that past Saturday. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest tonight is more than just a tough guy in that best era in hockey. He is a character hockey legend that earned the name The Animal that has stuck with him to today. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Frank, the animal by Lois. How are you doing this evening? Good, Sean. How are you, buddy? It's, uh, I'm good, buddy. Me. Thanks for having me on. I greatly appreciate it. It's nice. Thank you. <laughs> no problem, bro. As you can see, I'm a little bit excited, man, because I good, really <laughs> believe... Oh, yeah. Because, Frank, I believe that the era that you played in was yeah. the most exciting time in hockey. Okay? I miss it, man. When I was a kid watching hockey, it was so exciting, Frank. I miss it, and I'm an advocate to try to bring a little bit of the old style back. Dude, the I only way... Sorry, go ahead, Frank. I would love to see that, man. It's just This is like, yeah, uh, you're on the right track. It's got to come back. This is bullshit. <laughs> well, like, I, and I'll, I'll give you the reasons for it, man, because... Yeah. You know that when you were younger, when I, when I was younger, when we were watching hockey before we played, there was an excitement to the game, Frank, that we would look forward to days before the game. And a lot of that had to do with the big characters on the team, which were usually the tough guys. So if you're looking forward to watching your hometown NHL, AHL team, and you're getting pumped up and you're talking to your buddies, you're saying to your buddy, man... I wonder if they're going to be bringing all their tough guys. I wonder if they're going to start, you know, the, like a, a, like a, a tough line. I, man, I, I can't wait for this game to start. We don't have that type of talk anymore, Frank, okay? Because what we've done is we've gone all in on the skill, which I'm not going to be a hater on. I appreciate the skill, but we went all in, Frank, and we're oh. missing a lot of what we used to have. Do you, oh, do you feel the same way? Oh, million percent. Like, I can't even watch hockey. I have, there's no excitement, no desire. I mean, you know, in the Flyers organization, they take care of all the older guys here and stuff. So, you know, you got your passes. And I take a lot of my customers and stuff to games. You know what I mean? But, I mean, I go to the game. I sit in the bar. I don't even watch. Like, my brother's called me and be like, oh, what's, what's the score? I'm like, I don't know, man. It's like, you know, unless you hear some kind of tussle or something, like, I have no interest. You know what I mean? It's like the, the skill set is good. But again, players like myself and you, you know, like, uh, like, uh, hey, man, I want to see, you know, the game we grew up in was hate. Like, it, we didn't hate each other. Me and you could be best friends. But guess what? When we got on ice, we're going to beat the shit out of each other. And then we're going right. to have a beer after and laugh about it. It was like, I mean, I, I got story after story like that. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and 
that's the way it was. And there was no hard feelings. No one was mad. No one was angry. It was like, oh, man, you got me a couple good ones. Uh, you know, round two tomorrow. Ding, ding. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, you have no idea how much I'm loving this kind of talk, man, because th this is what I miss the most about playing is, is just the camaraderie between the guys just shooting the shit and just telling it how it is. And and Frank, I'm not gonna lie, man. Like I, I I was I'm I'm still a big fan of yours, but but you know when I was younger and I was watching you play, I I created kind of an idea of what I had of you, right? And and a lot of people say this. They say, man, you know, tough guys are the nicest guys. But but the truth is, is that tough guys are just playing out the biggest characters, and that usually includes being a very nice person. Because you're either going to be loved or hated if you're a big character. But the hockey tough guys are always loved by the fans. They're always, they're always the fan favorites. They sell a lot of tickets. Usually their jerseys, the highest sale. Like they do a lot for hockey. What I'm, what I'm concerned about is that we've gone too far in on just the skill. I believe that if things are changed from the top, if the leadership changes, that there's ideas that could be implemented, Frank, in the game. And I'm going to give you a couple of the ideas. I want to see what you think. Now, imagine when we were playing. Yeah. So you're on, you're on the Philly Phantoms, okay? Yeah. It's the beginning of the season. And you know that once you get your fifth fighting major, that you're going to qualify for a special type of insurance that your team is paying for because... They're protecting you as a player. Frank, you were never protected when you played. You were thrown out to the wolves. There was no one overlooking your role. You and maybe the one or two other guys that had to do it. There was no one overlooking it. There's, there's, a, there's a goalie on the team. There's a goalie coach. There's a power play unit. There's a, there's a power play coach, special teams. There's a strength coach. There's assistant coaches, associate coaches. There's coaches for every single possible thing in hockey, Frank. There was never a tough guy coach, brother. There no. was never a guy to well, look usually, after. Usually, usually the guy was me or you trying to show other guys so they wouldn't get their asses beat. You know what I mean? Like, hey, this yeah. is how you protect yourself. This is how you don't get there. It's, it's like a self it's like self-contained world. You know what I mean? We took care of ourselves, you know what I mean? And everybody else, you know? So. Yeah, I mean, there was so many hats that you had to wear when you played in the NHL, AHL. There was so many hats that you had to do. You were the team motivator, the team cheerleader, the team tough guy, the guy that had to get everyone up in the dressing room, the guy that the coach had to turn to to talk to certain players because you're the only guy that they'll listen to on the team and they got to get the guy going and nothing's working. There was so many things that you had to do. Your your position, Animal, was so valuable, brother. And, and, and I'm telling you this as a former player, a guy that did the role, but also played with guys that did the role and, and got to see it. We have something in common, my friend, that we're going to get into, which is that league in Quebec, right? Oh, so yeah. I've played with with I've played on a team <laughs> where there's been five other tough guys on it. And, oh, and you know what I'm saying, because you got to see what that was like, right? Yeah, so I think that we we must not forget how big of an impact that our era of a player was. And I think that a guy like you, buddy, needs to be celebrated. Your era was the toughest era in hockey, man. And you are one of the few people that actually got a nickname, The Stick. And that's the first question that I got for you, buddy. 
I got to talk to you about the animal. We, we got to get we got to get that elephant out of the room. Yeah. When was the first time you heard someone call you that? Roanoke in Roanoke. Yeah. Really? So your first year pro? Yeah, I, I came out. Like I said, Kate got out of Canada, got into you know all the crap that went on, and then got on a greyhound. My grandpa put me on a greyhound bus so I could get across the border because I was in a lot of trouble, you know. And yep. then uh, ended up in Roanoke, and I, like I said, probably about two hundred and seventy pounds, and you know I couldn't skate, couldn't do nothing, just you know all jacked up and thrown on a nice and. All the fans were like, you know, the coach, I think I was in the lobby the day before and I tore the phone out of the wall and threw it at the other team. And they were, and then they seen me in warm up and they're like, what the fuck is this? And the coach looked at Roy Somner. He's like, is he playing for real? And they're like, yeah, <laughs> threw a phone at my guys last night in the lobby. <laughs> so and, hold on. Did you say 270? How about that? Yeah. Really? I was jacked up, man. All the true stuff. I was the best, you know what I mean? Back, back, yes, you know, back in the old days. But, and, um, but yeah, I mean, I couldn't even move. I couldn't skate. My legs would seize up. So I was like, coach, like, okay, let's go out there and try and play. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> so I skated out, grabbed some, some, the guy wanted to go, you know, they're back then. Or he had five, that was East Coast League. He had 10 guys slap shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. like the Quebec League, you know? So I was like, hey, guys, like, okay, we're going to go. I'm like, yeah, man. So he dropped the puck, two shots. He's out cold, laying on the ice. And I'm like, that's it? That's all you got? So I skate to the penalty box. And their coach looks over and goes, Jesus Christ. And he's like, oh, you haven't seen nothing yet. So I came out of the set penalty box. And some guy started talking to me. I just grabbed him and tuned him up, went right back to the box. So never even played a shift yet. And then the third one, no one wanted to come near me because I just like, killed two of the tougher guys in the league. Like, did not, like, wasn't even close. And, um, so I went and stood against the boards and held the puck there until someone hit me. <laughs> and I grabbed him, hit him, broke his helmet to half, hit him again, and split his face wide open. And some one of them hillbillies, you know how you've been down in down south, eh? You know, yeah. he throws a big Kentucky fried chicken bucket over the board on the fishing pole, and he's like, this fucking kid's an animal. And uh, our owner was Henry Brabham. He was a yep. oil guy, like total hillbilly, crazy, fun, fucking funniest man on earth. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. I used to pull guns on people in the bar upstairs, like crazy shit. And he yeah. was like, yeah, son, your nickname, it's the animal. And it was it. Stuck. Never, never changed. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah. So now I, I appreciate that insight so much. I appreciate it so much. But there's there's a little part here that I want to analyze a little bit because I'm I have the a feeling here Frank that that, that you were a, a late bloomer. When did you start playing hockey, buddy? Um I I mean I started when I was 3 4 years old, you know what I mean? But, but like I'm played. talking about like like where what what level did you play to before Roanoke? Uh, I mean I was in the WHL and well, you know, and then I then I quick so I wanted to get I was you know, I had stuff going on. I was, I was a bad kid. I got a book coming out. Was, you'll, you'll, when you read this thing, you'll have a... You'll When's have the book coming out? This year sometime, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah, dude. When you read, and it's all documented, like, you'll laugh your ass off, dude. Funny. Like, wow. I'm not your typical hockey player, like, snorting lines off strippers' asses and, you know, banging everyone and fighting. I mean, fuck, I was a stripper. I was dealing drugs. You name it. I was into it, man. Like, just a bad... You know, so I quit hockey. I was making way more money. I mean, why, why do I want to play in the WHL? Or, I mean, I was playing in the Saskatchewan League when I was 15, you know, in Saskatchewan Junior in Esteban. And yeah. it was like, why am I going to play this shit for like two, $300 a week when I could be making a hundred grand a week? You know what I mean? So it was just, 
you know, that's what I did. And then I ended up in trouble, you know, I ended up quitting, you know, all kinds of shit. And then so I'd snook, basically snook across the border to hide from the police. <laughs> well, I was going to ask you, I was now, now I know, cause I, I like to do my research buddy. And plus yeah. once I started like obviously learning more about you, man, I, I, I couldn't stop, man. You're so interesting, <laughs> but it's unreal. Right. Yeah. And, and I appreciate it so much because the interviews that I saw, you're being so, so honest, like you're, you're raw and you're real, man. You're, you're the real oh, deal. Right. That's what I got out of it. Right. So here's the guy that is, is proud of everything that he's done, has no regrets. We'll talk about mistakes that he's made. We'll talk about the great times that he's had, but every time it's honest, man, that's what I got out of it. So I knew that you wouldn't have a problem talking about any of that stuff. You know what? The the biggest thing, Sean, is that like, even the book, it's not like, listen, I don't need popularity. I've been popular my whole life. I've had the world by the balls. I mean, I've had a million dollars. I've slept in garbage cans. I mean, you name it. I've been there and I've done it, you know. So the popularity and the shit, even when, even here, when everybody was giving me everything and doing everything, I, I was like, listen, I'm Frank, man. If you want to have a beer, let's have a beer and just shut the fuck up, you know. Like, let's be done, you know. And yeah. it, it, it's, you know, I, it, it doesn't do nothing for me. It's the same like the book. We're not writing a book. It's, you know, because I, I, I need more popularity or I need stupid shit or money. I don't, I don't need none of it. You know what I mean? I, I got a huge house. I got property, night, great business. But the biggest thing is like, you know, being a fuck up like that, you know, you understand that some, you know, some kid's going to see that. Like you said, you're bringing back an era or trying to do something and they're going to see no matter what you do or how you fuck up. And I was a master like, of fucking up. Like I, I'm telling you, I swear to God, man, like I, you know, the lady that was reviewing the book and stuff, I, I could show you the thing she wrote back. It's a lady in Harvard. My book guy is like a lawyer in the army and he's writing it. And he was like, the lady was like, that guy did everything that no one had the balls to do. And he's still alive. And that's exactly the way I live my life. Like, I don't care. If you tell me to do something, I'm going to do it. I don't care. It's no repercussions. I, it is what it is. I, sounds fun. You know, let's go. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, hundred percent, buddy. I'm absolutely loving this. Are you allowed to say what the title of the book's gonna be? Uh, I think it was like my own worst enemy, and then with like Frank the Animal or whatever, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, like I said, I, was, I had great parents, I had great family. You know, hardworking Polish immigrants. You know, no reason to be an asshole, but that's what I wanted to do. You know, it's you're two steps ahead of me, buddy, because I really wanted to get into. Um, family and and winnipeg manitoba and oh. that's the birthplace right i don't know how yeah. long you lived there but you were born in winnipeg correct I was there, yeah my whole life mostly okay yeah. so born and raised yes sir yeah you know that that's it all right there <laughs> i want to talk about the Bialos family a little bit buddy i want to talk about mom and dad and i want to talk about if there's any siblings oh yeah i got one brother younger brother 12 years you know what i mean he's, he's 12 years 12 years younger? 12 years younger, yeah. Yeah. And he's right on. With you. Yeah. He's there with you, man. So <laughs> I'll have to hook you guys up. He's a huge hockey buddy. You know, a huge fan. So yeah, buddy. I, I, I'd love to meet him. Oh, uh, dude. He lives by hockey. He knows everything. He's like, you know, I know nothing. I just know, you know, like I said, the old guys, I don't pay attention. It's whatever, man. Biz- now it's business, you know. So yeah. Now, now, Frank, obviously 
you're an extremely big character, buddy. You, you like, I believe that the biggest characters that I have on my show, that they were kind of like molded into that character at a young age. I know there's got to be someone that stands out that has got to be somewhat responsible for this big character of yours, buddy. Is it your pops? Your it's mom? Both. Who is it? It's, it's both. both? Like, you know, like my dad was tough as hell. Like, I mean, you know, he owned a taxi business in Winnipeg. You know, he was in all kinds of trouble. You know, same shit. J.O., you know, blah, blah, blah. Beat everyone up. I mean, I've seen him knock people's teeth out, you know, for, you know, and for cab fares. You know, my mom used to wake me up. I used to sneak in the house at 6 in the morning, which I'm sure you used to do. You know, 14 years old, all hammered up. And you fucking think you're going going to sleep and you get a frying pan across the side of your head like wake up motherfucker you're going to church and i'm like church for what (laughs) (laughs) it's like sure enough she drug you out of bed put you in church you know what i mean so it was like like i said it wasn't a matter of being raised that like you know my whole family's tough like that's all we did i mean we've had brawls at the christmas table full out you know by lois family against the lost family like just shit shows you know the booze doesn't get in so you're around it and you think it's funny. Like I had my first fight in kindergarten and my grandma was laughing. She thought it was the funniest thing in the world. She's like, who'd you piss off? And I'm like, no one. <laughs> so now, now Frank, I, and this, this is absolutely awesome. Now I, I'm just listening to what you're saying about, about the fa- you're, you're, you're including the whole family when you talk about the toughness. Oh, yeah. So, so this is, this is a family trait. Everybody's tough in, Everybody. in the by Lois family. Dude, everybody can fight. My brother could fight. He's like the yeah? wild manner. He's six five. You know what? Like, oh yeah, six dude. five. Six five. Six, five. Built like you know, he's always been big and you know, but he's dude. He's a, and he's like one of the non tougher guys in the whole family. Really? Like my uncle, yeah, my uncles and stuff. Just like killers, man. Like the whole family. Just wow. Yeah. Yeah, we used to beat the shit out of everyone. Have you ever been in the newspaper where we fucked all the bouncers up? You know, the night before my first wedding, I mean, we brawled with like 15 army guys. Brian Vandenbush was there. Um, you know, we had this massive Donnybrook outside of Wise Guys. And like, I was beating the piss out of these three guys. My friend started. He came out all drunk and then he got smacked and he was curled up in a ball in the corner. My uncle smacked me. He's like, dude, your buddies are getting fucked up. We got to help. So then I'm like, I get in there, I'm beating up three guys. And then the next thing, my uncle sees me going down the street and I got, I'm sitting on top of two guys, Main Street, Winnipeg, just ruling them in the mouth. You know what I mean? Teeth flying out. And all of a sudden, my uncle looks over. I was getting married the next day. So <laughs> he, uh, my uncle looks over and says, fuck, he better be okay. You know what I mean? He didn't want to deal with my mom. So then we're sitting there fighting, fighting. Everyone's fighting on the whole street. And all of a sudden, it's like, Oh fuck! He hit him with a sign, and my uncle turned around. There's this fucker with a stop sign, just drooled me right across the side of the head, like 120 stitches. So I covered my face up, tried to hide, you know, like so because the two guys jumped on me. Yeah. My uncle, my uncle comes over and he's like, "This guy's a killer, man." My uncle Rick, he's six five, built like he, he looked like he kicked people in the face like Undertaker, man. I used to laugh my balls off. So he comes running down the street, and I'm covered up. And all I see is this guy's fucking teeth fly out of his mouth. His head almost got taken off. He grabs the other guy, picks me up, walks me. We're walking down the street. He's like, you all right? I'm like, yeah, I'm good, man. He goes, oh, your mom's going to fucking kill us, man. <laughs> so, so and, and you got married the next day? Next day, dude. I could, that's why all my pictures were one side. I completely shut. 120 stitches. I walked into church in the morning, and the fucking priest was like, 
uh, maybe we postpone. I'm like, no, no, just fucking marry us, man. <laughs> like, I was like, get it over with. And my aunt's sitting there going, you don't think that's a sign? And I was like, yeah, they divorced two years later. <laughs> How many zippers? What's that? How many zippers did you have? 120. But 120? Both, yeah, both sides, all the way down across the forehead. Yeah, and, like if it hit me in the temple, it probably would have killed me. But just like I wasn't even out. It was just yeah, it rung my bell pretty good. And what year was this, Frank? Um, fuck. That, like, that was like, like, like or, or, or what season was this? That's how I remember years sometimes. I'll be like, oh, yeah, that was my first was in, year. Was, like a couple years after Roanoke. So, like, maybe the first okay. year in St. John's. You know so what St. I mean? John's time. Yeah, because I was in St. John playing, and then we came back. She was in school, my ex-wife. And then, yeah, we came. We met up after the first year, or the first full year, not when I got called up, but. The first full year, so whatever year it was, I don't, you know, I don't. Yeah, remember. well, I don't remember yeah, Saint Saint John's was. I mean, the first year was the ninety two ninety three season, and uh, yeah, and and you were there for a few years, yeah. um, as well as getting called up to my hometown, Toronto Maple Leafs. So, buddy, we're we're talking about it right now. So, so let's get into it. Let's get into the Rock. Let's get into St. John's, Newfoundland, buddy. I, I, it, it has a special place in my heart because <laughs> it may not look like it, but I'm half Irish, man. And a lot of Irish people have a lot of connections to Newfoundland. And it's a very unique place. The culture is like no other place in Canada. I'm going to shut right up. I want to hear from you. You lived there and played for that wonderful city, St. John's. Tell me about it. Dude, Newfoundland is like gotta be like. I mean, I'm surprised I remember anything from there. You know, <laughs> we had a good group, but I mean, it was like, you, you know, I, I remember flying in. I was like, I got called up by the, I think I was in Richmond and I was flying in there and I'm like, where the fuck am I going? I see yeah. this island in the middle. I'm like, Jesus yeah. Christ. And I'm like, what a shithole. You know, and then you land up the plane lands and you get to the rink and they're like, let's go to George Street. I'm like, and you get to George Street and you're like, Hallelujah! I love this place. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's um, I like like okay. I know it's different, obviously, for the for the visiting teams and whatever. Like, right. but but like, man, it it just it almost seemed like like when you're there, like that you left the country, that you're somewhere oh. foreign, like. Like it's like it, it, it's something so different, and 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 I, I I'm attracted to that a lot. Like I like that. Like I you know what I mean. I still have a lot of friends, you know what I mean, there and stuff. And I've been invited back for stuff. I haven't been able to make it back, you know, a couple times when they were closing the rink and they had the last game and stuff like that. I just couldn't get in because of business, you know what I mean. And it was like it's sad, but the people there are like fantastic. I mean, like I mean for all the places that I played, it's faith, you know, definitely hands down in Philly, you know what I mean? Like St. John's in Philly. Like there's no, you know, I wasn't a big fan in Portland. I, you know, I liked it. It was okay. I didn't really, you know, ah, you know, yeah. Richmond was fun, you know, but same with, you know, every place is good. You know that you make it, yeah. I mean, you, you know, like Newfoundland, you're a God. I mean, and that's not part of it. Same like Philly, like for, for being in Philly and thinking that you're like, holy shit, this can, this really, you know, like, you make your own bed you know what i mean you know that it's like um i remember our first game in philly we had 2500 fans you know what i mean and that you know, look where it went to you know and i and i can tell you the reason why you know it's just the same thing like newfoundland you just have blue collar crazy people that have, give you the shirt off their back and appreciate 
they appreciate like guys like us, you know, like, like they, they don't give a shit if you're some pompous ass asshole that makes $5 million or what money you make. It's how you come and you play the game, you know, and they like, they never forget that, you know, it's the same way in Philly, like Philly and actually Newfoundland are very, very similar. You know what They're I mean? They're very similar, huh? Very similar. I mean, like, you know, one's on a small scale, one's on a gigantic, you know, and it's like, but everybody like, you know, like, Dennis Bond, he's a really good friend of mine. You know what I mean? And Bones and Scranton. I mean, you know, there's a town that Wilkes-Barre, they, they love them. I mean, like, you know, he's got a shrine there for fuck's sakes. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, you know, everybody. It's just, you know, like I said, it, and most of the time it's like how you played. And, you, you know, like we left our balls on the rink. You know, everybody, you did it. I did it. You know, and that's you, you just didn't have as much opportunity in that, that era. You know, like like you're saying. Mm-hmm. You know, we were talking earlier and you're saying 10 years difference. That 10 years was a lock because yes, I remember like when I went to Hershey, it was like already changed. The game had changed like a million percent. Like guys lining up beside you and warm up and be like, hey, buddy, how you doing? I'm like, you're not my fucking buddy. You know, like go away. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, like what? what do you, don't talk to me, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like I, I thought the most changed after that NHL lockout year. Like the 2004, 2005 season. Yeah, I seen like, it change when I retired, like that last year when I was in. Hershey. Okay, so, so, so okay, so 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 right at the turn of the uh, of of the century, yeah. you're saying, okay, yeah, I, I I could definitely see that. It was still going on, but not near on the scale of what you were talking. Like not even, you know, not even. I mean, I fight 50, 60 times a season. You know what I mean? And yeah. in Hershey, I think I had twelve. I mean, that's a yeah. Yeah, yeah. No wanted to fight you. Like, you know, before you'd line up. I mean, like, you know, when you get your chance, you're like, hey, fuck. Like, I used to sit in the shitter and read the thing and be like, okay, I'm going to fight this guy first, this guy yes. second, this guy third, and get kicked out, go <laughs> drink some beer, and then do it again tomorrow. You know, yeah. now that, you know, these guys, they find ways, you know, it started to change where they look for ways to avoid you. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I got the flu, I'm sick. I'm like, you know, it was like, yeah, it was, it was different, man. Like, you know, you look for those opportunities like I did. I remember, like, you know, same, like, first game in Toronto. It was like I knew I was fighting Twist or Simon or whoever the fuck was out there. You know what I mean? You weren't taking that away from me. I remember lining up beside – we were playing in the playoffs, and, I, you know, Probert was my idol, man. I love that dude. You know, I, you know, Bushy played in Chicago, and I'm like, Bushy, you got to fucking ask him, man, if I get to play – just like what I get one shot, man. Just give me one. That's it. You know? And uh I didn't get the dress, but I was talking to Proby and warm up. I'm like, look, man, I love you, dude. But I, I we gotta fight. <laughs> He's like How okay. how how what like like obviously like I never met Bob Probert. Yeah. He like you know, and he got that from everybody, right? Yeah. So how did he how did he deal with it? How how did he treat you? Like how did he, he talk awesome. to you? Yeah, he was like, Yeah, you got it, Frankie. And Bushy, like I said, Bushy was over there, played with he was on Van and Bush was on their team, you know what I mean? And he was like yeah. you know, so you know, and actually Proby saw like I didn't get the play, so he signed a stick for me after the game and I was on my wall. Really? Man. Yeah, dude. He's a great guy. He was he was you know, Proby's king. That's like, you know, in all my you know, that that's the man. I, I like this. You know, he gave everybody a chance. They all say the same shit. You know what I mean? He always showed up. And he's a funny fucker, man. It was great. So, but. He he did give everyone a, a shot. Dude, he gave everybody. And win, lose, or draw. And he never stopped. He'd keep coming back. You know, if you tuned him up a little bit, he'd be there the next night. You know, stop son of a bitch, man. Like I said, I, I, I was like, please, let, let me fight. I remember talking to Bernsey. I'm like, look, man, I know it's the playoffs. I think it was like third or fourth round of. Leafs were playing. We were playing close to the finals. You know what I mean? And I was like, look, man, 
I don't care if you sit me the whole fucking game. Just when there's one break, let me go out and fight the fucker. He's like, well, I got to dress, guys. And I was like, please, man, please. I was like, Pat, <laughs> if you do one thing for me, man, just let me fight this fucker. It's like, ah, Frank, yeah, I would love to see it. I don't, I don't, he's like, I can't. I got to dress the, you know, I got to dress the guys. We got to win. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> one thing I wanted to ask you, Frank, was, that St. John's team, just yeah. how tough it was. Like, Bushy's been a special guest on the show. Yeah, I've been a big fan of Bushy as well my whole career. You guys are, man, you, you, you guys are very special to me. Now, man, he was, he was telling me about, like, how hard it was kind of being in the Toronto system at that time. Because, yeah. man, look how tough that organization was. With the guys that were on the lease, like that was when, like that was when, like Baumgartner and yep. them were were up there, right? Yeah, Bomber was up up top. You know what I mean? He was like, yeah. I mean, they were okay. I mean, we had a pretty tough. It was a tough organization. I Blanche was there. Um, I mean, fuck. The, my first year before Bushy got there. I mean, we had Rudy Postcheck, Kevin. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like when I got called up. When I got called up, I was sitting at a, was sitting at a table and. Kevin McCullen and Rudy Postek sat with me at like the, you know, the dinner after we played in cap or we're, we're playing. I got in the night before the game and we're sitting there and they're staring at me, the two of them. And there was one more guy. I couldn't remember who it was. It was a pretty tough guy. And they're all sitting looking at me. I'm like, what the fuck are you looking at? And they're like, and they just started laughing. They're like, Oh, we like you already. Mark Morrow. <laughs> oh, I don't know. No, no. I, was, fuck. I, that team had so we had so many tough guys. It was crazy, dude. And um, so we were playing in Capital District that night or the next night or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, I remember, you know, I can't remember who I fought. I fucked someone up really good, eh? And me and McCullen were in the penalty box because he just got in a fight too. So me and Mac are sitting in the penalty box. And I, I can't remember what the kid is. Dale saw. I, Krishner, maybe? I don't know. But anyways, he's skating by the box and he's yapping and the gate's still open, eh? So me and Matt grab him, pull him in the fucking belly box and start shit-kicking him again. <laughs> see, but that's when, see, that's yeah. when that stuff happened. Oh, it was dude, okay dude. to happen once in a while, oh, though, right, God, Frank? Was, like, Yeah, like I said, you were no... You know, everybody cries getting hurt. You know, they're worried about their money. And it's just, it's, it's different. It's a, it's a business now. You know, it's not, it's not that gladiator sport. Like I, I, people used to ask me, I remember when, you know, like we used to, when we came to Philly the first time, some of the Eagles guys would always be like, what the fuck is wrong with you, man? I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, you guys are fucking insane. And I'm like, it's <laughs> oh, normal, man. He's like, what? I'm like, yeah. What, what, what's crazy about it? He's like, you just like go out there, beat the shit out of each other and hang out and like yeah i mean like you know it, fuck I, me and john baduke had a good real good fight one day and fucking but this back in the day you know and you're skate by and good penalty box high five each other and everyone's like amazed by it. like dude just yeah like, like yeah like whatever man but it was that was a gladiator like you didn't have friends your team was your family and you just you went to war man like it, that's that's what made hockey fun and it was like yeah and like you said, people were excited to see that. Like, I mean, yeah, fuck, we with Newfoundland. We, when when I was in Newfie, we used to play Freddie. So fucking Newfoundland, we had a tough squad. Freddie had, um, fuck, it was they had Brashear, Fleming. Um, was Terry Ryan there? Terry Ryan was there. Chris Murray, um, a couple other. They had like five real heavyweights. We had yeah. we had Vandenbush, me, Belanger. Someone else, like we we had five or six tough guys, you know what I mean? 
And then, sometimes yeah. you guys would all start the game. Yeah. The one I was, we all stood there and looked at each other and like, hmm. And like, no one wanted to start anything. It was like, you know, it was like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. You it, can't it, control this if it breaks out. Even the yeah. were like, yeah, like, yeah. Like, yeah, they were like, please, God, nothing happened. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah, you're all kind of just standing there looking at each other like, well, there ain't going to be no one to stop this shit once it starts. You know what I mean? It's different when you have a one-on-one and a couple little guys are fighting. You let little guys just hang on for dear life. You know what I mean? But you get five yeah, big heavyweights. Someone's getting hurt, you know? Yeah, yeah that's true. can't control that, you know? That's so, true. Yeah, I, we, started a few, we started a few times like that. And, you know, then you had Cape Breton. Cape Breton had fucking Bonby, Link Gates, uh, Robert's Brothers. Oh, Missing yeah. Link and oh, yeah. Robert's Brothers? Sir, fuck both of them, sir. Chad Mario, the Link, the fucking Van Kessel or something like that. Yeah, dude. Bonby. <laughs> wow. Dude. Was, that was when Dennis times, was like. times was so tough. It was just disgusting. It was just like, yeah. It, it just, it was insane. Yeah, I remember. But like, how exciting. But, like, you know, like, how. Okay, so it, it, it's the beginning of the game. Mm-hmm. Everybody's really excited. The ice is really clean. It's it's hardly even marked. <laughs> Maybe there's been, like, one or two shifts. And then one of the big boys gets sent out there. The animal is out there. Are they going to put Are they gonna put someone out there to match them? Are they going to do it? Yes, they are. You hear it from the crowd, man. You would hear it from the crowd. The crowd oh, starts, it starts coming up a little bit. <sighs> and then the players start looking at each other. And they're going to go. And, buddy, like, man, there was no other sport like it, Frank. Yeah, I'd have to say it's probably the most one that was like that, like me and Rocky Thompson, you know what I mean? Because, uh, like, don't, like, we never played against them, you know, like here. You know, everybody in Canada knew who I was, but we never yeah. played St. John, and we were playing them for the Calder Cup Finals. So I tuned them oh. up. Really yeah, I tuned them up really good in the first game here. It broke his orbital bone and stuff. You know, and Rocky's just a tough kid, you know. So yeah. when we went back, and I had knee problems, I was getting my knee drained, everything, you know, everything. So I was sitting on the bench. It was like game three or game four when we were back in St. John. And um, that was what happened. We were down like six to one, and I wasn't playing because my knee was like, you know, just shot. I, was, I had to get surgery. I was just trying to make it through the playoffs, you know what I mean? And yeah. I remember Billy Barber, he's just like, you know, he's like looking at me, and I'm like, dude, just put me the fuck out there, you know what I mean? So I went out when I was skating out. You know, I, I got out on ice and all of a sudden the fucking Rocky music, you know, da, 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 and the fucking building stands up and it's going nuts. Like, dude, you can hear nothing. Like, you can even hear him talk, you know. But Rocky was kind of scared because I heard him pretty bad in the first one. Yeah, he's and, nervous uh, for sure. And his wife was sitting there and she's like, you know, she goes, I've never seen Rocky. She was sitting beside my friends. And she's like, I've never seen Rocky scared of anyone because he's, he's scared of him. You know, and so the, he lines up and he's like, hey, man, you know, we got to go. I got to, you know. I'm like, yeah, man, no problem. You know, so the puck drops and fucking place is loud, man. Like, you can hear nothing. I just laid them out and tuned them up again. And I put my hands up on my ears. I'm like, not so loud now. You can hear a pin drop. It just totally, yeah. set, uh, you know, it was too far into the game to change the game. But it really changed momentum. You know, we lost that one game. And then we took them home and spanked them. And that was it, you know. So, but, wow. Yeah, that's yeah. Like, like what you were saying, that when the crowd gets up and, you know, yeah, yeah uh, that's that. Uh, that's a good, crazy feeling, man. It's fun. It sure is. I wanted to ask you about the call up to the to the Leafs, the first one. Yeah, 
was were were the three games was it was it one call up or was it multiple call ups? I was actually on. I was actually there for a long time. It was like I, I believe like, I believe it. Yeah, it was I getting it. you know, I was just getting bag skated and they just used me when they needed. Like I played my first game after call up. You know what I mean? We played Quebec. Yeah, like I said we had Twist and Simon. You know what I mean? So you know, I was trying to fight everyone. It was just hilarious. I, and I got my nose broke first shift of the game. I was trying to dangle like an idiot. And Greg Landon got me the shoulder in the face, smashed my nose, dude, like smashed it. And it was like, look, I look like Lion King, man. It was on both sides of my face. I got up, tried to fight, finished my shift. Don Cherry was on TV like, look at this goddamn fuck. He's crazy. You know, and then it's like three <laughs> shifts after that, I'm fighting Twister. You know what I mean? With a smashed nose and let, let's go, man. I was like the happiest moment of my life. I'm standing in front of the net, felt this hand on my shoulder, spun me around. I was like, gloves off let's go man <laughs> is he the is he the, the strongest that you've ever gone up against uh no you know what I, actually it was a pretty good like we were throwing heat at each other i caught him with a couple good ones oh yeah he kind of shut the mill down like i mean it was you know he i i, I wanted to keep going and the, and the refs came in they're like are you done i'm like no 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 and he's like I'm done. He gave me a pat on the ass. He's like, fuck, good job, kid. <laughs> yeah, it was like, I, I caught, you could see it. I caught him with one really good one and it stumbled him. And then he kind of hit the brakes. He didn't want to throw anymore. So, you know, I, yeah, he, he, he throws hard, but I throw hard too. You know, it was like, yes, you do. Yeah. That's why they call you the animal. Uh, I, uh, dude, everything was with an intent to hurt. You know, it was like, it, you don't want to really hurt anyone, but when you're fighting, you don't, you know, you want to be king of the castle. So you throw, I got, you know, you, it, all intention to take your head off you know what i mean and it was that was part of the game yeah you did it i know you did everyone did you know what i mean you're not in there to get beat up or put on a little show or whatever kiss each other hell no hell no yeah it's like <laughs> that's what i loved about it that's what i loved about fighting like you know it was like it was such a man thing you just like you know stat but the, the way the guys fight that back then just toe to toe that your defense was your chin there was no moving no hiding you know that, that was that that was fun fights man like i, I yeah. watched some of the old ones like you know they always see them and you're like geez what a difference you know now they turn sideways and jab each other in the chin like dude i'd stand there and take them fucking jabs like go ahead just keep hitting me man <laughs> so now now it, it's funny that you mentioned that um the perfect example to me and, and and he's a guy that i love that i love and god bless his soul um wade belak Oh yeah, Beeler was a tough kid, man. Yes, but did you not see the, the like like the way that 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 his style changed, and it came with the how kind of like hockey changed. Like yeah. you know, Belak was doing those jab thingies oh, yeah, towards yeah, yeah. the end, but yeah. rewind it five seven years before that, he was probably one of the better toe to toe guys. Yeah, right, and it just changed yeah. like. How the league changed, the players kind of changed too. You know yeah. what I mean? I think Twist kind of changed the style a little bit. Like, I think it started with him. You know, he started turning sideways, cocking his, you know what I mean, and doing that long and throwing bombs, you know what I mean? Because before yeah. there was none of that. It was just like, let's go toe-to-toe, you know what I mean? And you, yeah. like, you could see the way people, the guys stood. Now they stand sideways. Back then it was like face-to-face. Let's throw, you know, like, you know, Morasti, you yeah. know, like, those guys, like, yeah, Dern took them. It was funny, you know, like, you know, and that's, that's a little bit deceiving when guys would crack you in the mouth three, four times and you'd be laughing at them and they'd be like, oh, fuck. This is <laughs> <laughs> well, 
What I used to say, and, and it would kind of motivate me to know that, you know, I, I better get my shit together or I'm going to be in really big trouble, is when a guy really caught me with a good one, mm-hmm. Frank, yeah. I would say it. I would say, fuck, good one. Good one, man. Oh, yeah. Good yeah. one. Oh, yeah. That because I'm... Kind of wakes you up, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 like, I, but it's not, also... Yeah. Sorry, Frank, go ahead. You're not afraid. You're taking it. You're like, good one. Yeah. Exactly. Yo, when yes. you're scared and you're trying to def- hide from shit is when you get hurt. I mean, taking them, you know, it's coming. You know, it's, I mean, I think the only time I really got knocked off my feet was one time in Philly. And man, I was pissed. I beat that fucker up like 10 times after that just because. Who was like, it? Uh, LaMarche or something like that. I Hershey brought him up to fight me out of somewhere. You know what I mean? And I was just being an idiot. I couldn't hit him. I kept missing and missing. Then he had his hand cocked back, like, all the way down at ice. And I was like, fuck, just give it to me. Hit me. And I stuck my chin out, man. I took that right on the chin. And I was like, fuck. And I remember he landed right on top of me. And he, I was looking at me. And I was like, you are so dead. I'm like, going to kill myself. <laughs> I never stop until, dude, and I, I swear to you, every time this kid was on ice, I was like, let's go, man. He's like, no, no, no more. No more. I'm like, oh, you're fucking going. And I was just. And fucking Filey and Hershey, he left ice, and that was it. He never fucking played anymore. <laughs> because he had Hartley. Hartley was a dick, you know what I mean? It was just Yeah. He, oh, yeah was, he would just feed guys to the wolves, you know what I mean? It was terrible. So. so now, Frank, another thing I wanted to ask you, brother, was, and the way that, like, the, the, the way that I'm looking at it is I'm trying to put myself in, in your shoes. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to imagine, and and I'm and I'm asking you about about the the real goon. I'm gonna I'm asking you about the about the real goon, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. About about um about Mr. Smith, okay? <laughs> now now he's also been a special guest on this show, okay? Yeah. Now in his own words, yeah. his own words, he said that. The way that the movie depicts your fight with him is so bizarre and unrealistic right. that it's, it's, it, it, it's enough. Like for me, the hockey player, Frank, it's enough to bother me. And it's not even me. It's you, right? Oh, dude. So I, now, yeah, two I, hockey guys, yeah. really honest conversation to this point. Right. Now, at that point of your career – you're you're known as if not the toughest one of the toughest you're you're at the top you're at the top of the league for the AHL you're terrorizing the league okay you got a guy that is obviously a call up okay and you know you now and and at his own words you absolutely tuned the kid you yeah. you you said uh, welcome to the league right yeah, he he said it. He, he's a he's a tough guy. He's a boxer oh, yeah, and stuff. No, he can admit when he get when he loses. The, yeah. A real fighter can always admit when he loses. Yeah. Right. Oh, there's no question. I mean, I, I thank people when I got my ass kicked in my life. I wasn't mad at him. I'd be like, "Thanks for the lesson. I'll see you tomorrow." Like I said, round two. I'd be the one knocking on your door. All right, motherfucker. Round two. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I I never stop. <laughs> so, so now, but but Frank. So my question to you is. Did they contact you at all and say, you know, we're going to use your character as a pretty big part of this movie? Like, Uh, you know what I'm saying? I I was so pissed. Like, I actually, it wasn't with, 
I guess I like I, at first I because Doug reached out to me. You know what I mean? Because I was fucking livid. You know, I was trying to sue Hollywood and everything. You can't touch them. You can't. You know, like they got so many clauses and shit. Like my lawyers, like I got good lawyers. You know what I mean? Like really good. And they, that you know, in Hollywood, not no one would even go near it. You know what I mean? It was like crazy. So it was like. Yeah, they kind of fucked him, and he said they kind of tied his hands because they told him this is, you know, what we're going to do. He wasn't happy about it, you know, and then when he reached out to me, he apologized. So I was like, what am I going to do? I can't be mad. So I dropped yeah. it, you know what I mean? And I was like. Yeah, Doug's yeah, a great every, guy. Everything in there. The dude, dude, he had his wrist tape like I used to, had the stash, you know what I mean? Long air. Like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Look at this bullshit. I was like, you. Oh, yeah. It was brutal, man. What? what where did you first see it? Like. Uh, I, I, did you watch it like the whole thing, or did you watch it just to see that part? Oh, or no, like I watched, I watched the whole movie. I was curious to see what it was. You know what I mean? I was like, man, what the fuck is you know it is? And and then I was like livid, and I called my lawyer. I think that night I was like, you gotta check into this shit. This is bullshit, man. But again, and yeah. and, and, and Frank, just to clarify to the listeners, what yeah. we're talking about is the movie Goon, which is probably one of the bigger hockey movies, right? right? You know, and, and the, um, the Frank here's character is depicted for quite a while, and and it's a pretty big part of the movie. And and I'm just trying to imagine if, if that was my situation. I'm watching a movie. Oh, it's like yeah, you'd be pissed. It's wait like, a second. This is absolutely. me. My friends would call me, and they're like, "Dude, that guy's you." And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Kenny Blondie, Kenny Blondie. He's like, what the fuck, man? They, what are they doing writing a movie about this fucking guy? You know, it's like, it, and it is an interesting story. But I mean, like, yeah. you've been around a long time. You've talked to a lot of guys. I mean, you know, you know, with the guys that are out there, you know, the shit that's been, you know, there's way more interesting stories. I hate to tell it. Like I said, like, wait, I, well, as soon as I get my, as soon as the guy publishes my book, I'm going to send you a thing. When you read the book, I want you to call me and you'll just be, like, like I said, when I was telling these people, because like they, you know, they got the contacts, they did everything. They're just like, oh my fucking God. Like, it's just that out of, you'll never believe it. Like, I'm, I'm telling you, man, it's just, I did some crazy ass shit. Like when I was playing junior hockey, this is just fun. You know, I was playing junior hockey. I was a fucking stripper. So I used to go at seven o'clock, get dressed for warm up, try and fight warm up. If I couldn't fight warm up, I'd do something fucking crazy, like punch the goalie or whatever get tossed out of the game, run down to the fucking clubs and start fucking peeling. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, How much money were you making at that time? Oh, dude, tons, man. Like, nothing playing hockey, but I was back in when... No, 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 but, but, but like, you oh. know, a couple, couple... But this is back then, though, so five oh, yeah. grand yeah, was a lot of money. A few hundred bucks a night, easy. You know what I mean? Anywhere from a few hundred to a thousand bucks a night, dancing. You know, playing hockey, you're making fucking 25. You know what I mean? Like... Fuck that, man. I just go show my dick and fucking call it a night. You know <laughs> I hear you, man. I, I appreciate the honesty so much. No, no, this is dude, great. It's part of what happened, you know? And like I yeah. said, it's a whole different, you know, like you name it. Part of it. the journey. Yeah, that, that was it. And and do I regret anything? No. I, I mean, I came out of it like a champ, you know, but, and, and that's like I said, that's the part of the book. Like, you know, there's a lot of kids that are messed up out there, you know, and it's like, you kind of want to, you know, you or people, you know, there's guys playing and they give up on themselves. Like, you, you know, there's a lot of shit in hockey, you know that. And yeah, they don't know what to do. Yeah, there's you can do anything you want, man. It doesn't matter if you're playing hockey. Yeah, you're not going to be a superstar. You know, go go shovel shit, make a lot of money. I mean, you know, I'm yeah. a concrete guy now, you know, and I make more than I ever did playing. Oh, so 
You know what I mean? Oh, sorry, I lost you, buddy. That's all right, buddy. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. No, no. And, 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 I, and I appreciate you saying that so much because most of the reason, like, like I'm, I, I do this because I love to do it, Frank. And like, I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big sports guy and I love doing this, but part, the, one of the biggest reasons is to have a platform to create awareness for whatever better good situation we want. Most of it's been mental health to right. this point. Yeah. Um, but what you just said is a very big point because dude, guy, even someone that turns pro Frank, like let's say they, you know, they sign an entry level. Let's say the NHL team even re-signs them to a year on a, a second contract like me. Right. right? Yeah. They're still not making any money, man. They're making what? 50, 75 for a couple of years. Maybe they got a 50, 50 grand signing bonus because they're a fifth, sixth, seventh round pick. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not a lot of money, right? No, but no. you're dedicating your whole life. But what you're learning is incredible skills. You're learning to be a part of a team. You're learning to, right. to create and appreciate roles that every company needs, that every team needs in every business. And yep. if you can develop it good enough, you've created like a, a platform that can get through anything, man. You know what I'm saying? Oh, no, you're, you're 100%. I mean, that's, you know, some of the guys, they... They don't think they have skills, but you do. You have the skills of being a teammate. Like, you know, you understand. You stick together. It applies to the same shit everywhere. It doesn't matter what you do. You know what I mean? It's work ethic. You know, if you want to work, you're going to make money. You know, if you want to sit around and think it's going to fall out of the sky, you're going to be waiting for a long fucking time, man. You know what I mean? So. And and speaking of making money, Frank, um, one, of the, one of the things that I, I really wanted to get into was the NHL lockout season, right? Right. That year, being there, no NHL, right. it created an opportunity for other leagues, like the minor, every minor pro league from the AHL all the way down, to really make like good money because they could bring in players for weekends, they could have promotional games, they're already getting more attention than usual. All the attendances were a little bit higher just because there was no NHL to go to. So people were going to the next best thing, right? Yeah. Now, you, my friend, you were called out of retirement, right? Like, you hadn't played in, like, Frank, what was it, oh, three, four seasons? Dude, more than that, yeah. Like, four or five seasons, probably. Yeah, right? more, yeah, something like a lot wild, man, yeah. So what I want, what, what I'm interested in, and I know the listeners are, is... When they started calling you, because this is a year where the LNAH, right. they, man, every team must have made so much money that year. Oh. I, I remember, I don't know if you got to play against the Quebec Radio X that were playing in the Coliseum, but they were selling out that arena that season. Yeah, Brashear was there. And oh, did yeah, you ever play? Brashear, but we played at home with that. You know, and, it, it, was, it was at home, and, and, yeah. and, and you were playing for the St. Francois de Sherbrooke. Yeah. Yeah, right, you got it. <laughs> dude. I, I, I thought you would laugh at that, buddy. Oh, dude, Sherbrooke, Saint Francois. Yeah. That, that's what they were called, I think. Right? It was like a saint, like the logo at that that's time. Like, yeah, dude. I used to just laugh. I used to go to Danbury, go there. It was just like to keep, you know, when you finish playing hockey, you got all that pent up anger. You can't just go and shit kick people anymore. So it's like, let <laughs> me <laughs> go there and just try. You know, and it's a different skill set when you're not doing it every day. It's hard. You know, it was harder, but I still fought like all their toughest guys. Like, I mean, I, you know, uh, didn't matter, you know, 
Yeah. So, okay. So, but how did you get recruited to Quebec? How did, how did the, the LNH? Guy, the guy, um, I still talk to him, Wayne, um, Wayne Beery. He was okay. one of the recruiters and he would always bring the guys in. You know what I mean? So, okay. So he was like a recruiter. Yeah, like a recruiter, and he called me, and he said, hey, man, we'll pay you this much. So I was like, look, man, I haven't fucking played hockey and, you know, whatever. And he's like, oh, just come down and fight. I'm like, okay. <laughs> the numbers kept going up, or, or, or how, how persistent were they? Oh, no, they were good. They pay whatever you want. They're like, what do you want? And I'm like, this much. And they're like, okay. I was like, so I go there, you know, pick up five, seven grand, and I go to Danbury, another five, ten grand. You know, you fucking, in, in, in a week, you could make fucking – Fifteen, twenty thousand dollars. You know what I mean for doing nothing. Play three shifts. <laughs> yeah, at best. So now, let's rewind to that first weekend in, in the LNAH in, in Quebec. Yeah. So now it's Sherbrooke that signed you. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to. Was Mike Varhog there? The tall guy, uh, six foot six, six foot nine. Yeah, I think so. I'm not. Was I, Maxwell there? Yeah, Maxie was there. Yeah, Wingfield was there that year, or no? That he was in Danbury that year. He was in Danbury, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Roby Da. So uh, I'm I'm trying to remember Louis something. Bedard, Louis Bedard was there. Louis Bedard, yes, yeah, Louis man. Bedard, yeah, yeah. he had he had a style similar to Morasti, the the yeah. toe to toe. Oh yeah. Right, but yeah, he was, was all left. Yeah, he was a good guy. I used to laugh. He's a great guy. They were all nice. It was like a family, man. You just go in there. They all treated you great. You know what I mean? It's like they don't care what you're getting or what you're doing. Just happy to have you there. And it was, you know, and they used to just laugh. They're like, you're going to try and play it all? I'm like, fuck that. This <laughs> does <Let's> fight. <laughs> now, how, how different, how different, like, I know you probably absolutely loved it. Like, yeah. just the, the dynamics of the league and how it worked and, 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 and the, the showmanship of the tough guys. The tough guys are like novelties in, in this in in the cities, and they're they're the most popular people, hands down. And like you hear the the lift from the crowd oh, when yeah, a tough yeah. guy goes out in that league. Now the weekend that you played, it must have been such a highly promoted weekend. Yeah, were the I, crowds big? Where were? Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, it was packed. I mean, arena was packed. It was like. You know, it's like, like I said, I, to me, that none of that shit ever mattered. It was just like, go, hey, man, you know, like, I'm just going to go have my fun, get, you know, release some nerves. <laughs> Stress, <laughs> therapy. Stress therapy, man. Did they fly you in? Oh, yeah. Flew me in, paid the hotel. They were, like I said, they treated you like, a, you know, like a king. I mean, it was, yeah. I wish it would have been like, you know, like not playing and not fighting on ice for like five or six years, whatever it was. You know, that makes a big difference. You're not used to it. You still hold your own. You know what I mean? I'm just, yeah. you know, naturally tough person. But it's not, you know, you're not. I would have I loved to play in there a couple games when I was in prime. You know what I mean? Yeah. It would have been like, yeah, I would have loved that. That would have been, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and, and the cool thing about that league is like, you know, two fights and you're out. Right. Like, like I remember my first weekend, buddy. My second game was against Morasti's team, right? So, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, he's the number one for his team. I'm the number yeah. one for my team. So we, so we go once in the first period, once in the second period, you know, and we're out, right? Yeah. Yeah, but, perfect. but Frankie, I don't know if you, if you got to experience this, but my first weekend, yeah. bench clearing brawl in the oh. second game, bro. <laughs> Uh, my mentality wasn't there yet, Frank. Like you know what no, I'm saying? Oh yeah, that's it wasn't there yet. So I was so happy that I was kicked out, man. 
Because oh, I was like, man, I don't know what I would have done. I would have had to act crazy. My mentality wasn't there. Dude, you know? That's, that's hard, especially if you've been out. You know, you're out of the game and all of a sudden you're in a bench clear. It's a whole different, you yeah. know, I've been, in, I've been in so many fights. It's just like, it doesn't even bother me. You know what I mean? Like I said, the night before a wedding, fighting with fucking 20 guys, <laughs> you know, like, whatever, you know. Back up in a corner, put your back to the corner, just take on all takers, you know, whatever it is. So, yes. Yeah. So, so frankly, this is the perfect time because we're, we're, we're right into the fight talk. What I want to pick your brain a little bit about is, is the boxing. Okay. Yeah. Now, my reasons are I have similar experiences to you where I, I never, I haven't had a professional bout like you have, right. but I have two amateur bouts. Right. Okay. In Quebec. Okay. Right. Yeah. Set up by people associated with the league right. where they had a boxing gala where there was like five fights where it was a pro pro boxer against pro boxer. And yeah. there was five fights where it was a popular tough guy in the LNH against a popular tough guy in the LNH. But you oh, had to get nice. your boxing license, wow. your Quebec boxing license. Okay. Everything had to be legit. They were yeah. paying us under the table, but right. it, but it was considered an amateur bout, uh, right? Okay, yeah. So yeah. I did it twice. Now, mm -hmm. the reason why I'm telling you all this is because what I'm getting at is what I was able to learn, yeah. the respect for the combat, Oh, dude. learning yeah. how the sport of fighting is so much different than just the all-out brawl. Absolutely. Not. I want you to talk a little bit about that and give my listeners some insight, man. What well, did you learn when you got into the boxing ring? Oh, I mean, they're just, they're seasoned. They're the way they move. Like, you know, like my first fight was easy because it was just like another dummy. You know, he was doing a lot of, <laughs> well, no, it was just like, he did a lot of, I was kind of getting set up, you know, I didn't even realize it at the point. So they okay. were looking for a name. You know what I mean? And this kid was like a, a tough man. I actually talked to him a few times, like about a year ago, believe it or not, he was with Derek Settlemeyer. And really? Uh, yeah, they were out in Vegas or something, and they they called me on Facetime. He's like, "You recognize this guy?" I'm like, "No, it's the guy you knocked out in the rig." <laughs> I was like, wow. and so, anyways, like, like long story short, he just had that same thing. Let's brawl, and like, I, you know, I'm heavy-handed. I killed him. You know, in 57 seconds in, hit him so fucking hard, he didn't know if he's coming, going, or whatever. You know, he cut me pretty bad too. He hit me with one, gave me, I think I got like 14 stitches or something. But you know, the second fight, I fought a guy that was like six six, six seven. You know, long, lanky arms. I couldn't hit the fucker, you know. And I, you know, I came to realize that, like, you know, like, wow. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter how strong. Like, usually anything I hit goes down, you know what I mean? But, you know, you got to hit them, you know. And if you can't put your hands on them, you can't yeah. hit them. Yeah, no, I hear you. It, it, it was part of the journey, and you obviously you learned a lot from it, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, but, you're, you know, I was making ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 a fight. You know, that's yeah. better than some pros that have been fighting for a long time. Now... Do you think that's because of the name that you made for yourself in Philly through the absolutely, Phantoms? Yeah, or Absolutely. That's exactly what it was for. It had nothing to do with boxing skills or fight. You know, like I said, that first one was a setup. So the guy actually, um, he was winning all the tough man contests in Philly and he was earning mm -hmm. a pretty good reputation. And they wanted to get him to, you know, level and they figured, it was, you know. And they just they just picked the wrong guy, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buddy, I love it. Yeah. Buy a lowest concrete and construction. Yeah, is it still called the same thing? Yeah. Is that the yeah. name? Yeah, that's it. When did you start that, bro? 
Um, I actually started like when I first when I first finished and I retired, I was working for um a cell phone company doing all the cell phone antennas and stuff like that. And then yeah. I, then I got hooked up with two partners. It was like GMB, you know, uh, Goshaw, McClear, Bialos. That was um so I've been like total and all I've been in business well twenty five years, but like twelve on my own is Bialos Concrete. You know, because my partners kind of, you know, screwed me over a little bit and we separated, went our own ways and I started completely over. It was like a divorce, you know what I mean? Nothing. And again, just start from the bottom again, you know, and I've made it into like a pretty predominant business, you know what I mean? So it's, we, we do well. And But that they the are, way that I usually... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead, Frank. Say that again. The area helps you, like you said, with the fans and stuff like that. That's why Yeah. Stay in Philly. It's just you'd be amazed at how much business comes from from that. You know who you are and stuff like that. So, but see, Frank, the other thing is, is that people want hard workers, honest workers. You, right. that's what that's what you represent, my friend. Like yeah. that, it's a brand. It's by Lois, man. You oh, know? that's it. That's what you do. People you're know right. what they're getting, right? Well, that's it. And I never, like I said, I don't look at people because we've been around you've been around millionaires zillionaires you know whatever the money i'm not there just because you have a big house i have a big house but you know i'm not there looking at your stuff saying oh i'm going to charge you more it's just you know you got to make money business is business but you give them an honest day 100 percent like like i take really great pride in the stuff that i do like i really do honest to god you know what i mean that's like I don't fuck around with my business. I'm on the job every day with my guys. You know, we work 16 hours. I'm there 16 hours, you know. And that's so, then. so you're in the field every day? Every day. Every day. Wow. I do all the paperwork. I do. I dig. You know, I'm working with my guys. I finish the concrete. I mean, everything is done. You know, I'm there every day. It doesn't matter. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. And, and, and business is good now? Like some, some businesses, the it's whole COVID effect. thing hasn't really affected. Is that oh, the situation with you? Busiest I've ever been, man. So Really? Yeah, and then your guys respect you too. Again, the team values, you know what I mean? So like yeah. if you have a guy sitting there chirping them, say, hey, do this, dig this, you know, dig that shit for an hour or do that, you know. It's like if they don't want to dig it, I dig it. And then they stand there and look, and then my, you know, my foreman's like, oh, please don't get him wound up. And then it's like, okay, no machine today. We're all going to dig. You know, we just stand there and dig for 12 hours and I laugh at them and they're like, it's not bad. I hear you, man. Oh, yeah. I'd love to work with you, buddy. Ah, You'd have a blast. You'd be right in there, man. It's like (laughs) the good, honest day's work. It's like, it's almost like being in the rink. You know what I mean? We bust each other's balls. All my customers are like, do you guys like each other? Like, we love each other, man. (laughs) He's fucking gay, but whatever. (laughs) You know, it's like we just fuck around. When's the next time you're coming up to Toronto, buddy? Um, I usually come a lot, but you guys, they shut down everything. I mean, dude, I, next time right. I'm up, like, 100%, I'll, we'll look up, I'll take you to dinner, whatever, man. I, I, I appreciate that. I'm just thinking to myself, that's like a trick question with how crazy things are going in this region. Like, like I said, even there, I mean, we need we needed a vaccine card to go to fucking Pink Bar. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> Blow yeah, it, man. And there was only I, two open, and they closed at 10 o'clock. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I am. Uh, I'm. I'm really hoping things things settle down here, man. Like yeah. you can only hope for the best, right? No, that's hope it. for I the mean, best. This shit's out of control. Law of attraction. Yeah, somebody. It's out of control. But, but yeah, I mean, yeah. You, guys, you guys are completely shut down now, right? Yeah, I mean, we 
they they pretty much they they closed the schools. Yeah. They closed the in in indoor dining, the gyms. Wow. You know, and uh, so so that's unfortunate. But um, yeah, bro, when things settle down and you come back up, we're, we're definitely percent. yeah, man, I got you, man. We'll definitely we'll hook up. Um, I, I I'll tell you one thing, Frank. There's there's a lot of guys that come on the show that that tell stories, but dude, you are one good storyteller, man. <laughs> you are a good storyteller. You told so many good stories today, man. And it was incredible. Like you know, like I, I don't know if you can notice, but like I'm on like the edge of my seat, <laughs> listening, just enjoying it. And, and I know the listeners to, did too, dude. And 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 I know that I've had you a little bit longer than we agreed to. I no, I really no, I really no, appreciate no worries, it, buddy. Man. No, there's no worries. It's all good, brother. Yeah, yeah man. It, it, now, yeah. Sorry. Ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, no, Frank. No, you're, you're good. Go ahead. I, I was I was gonna say now I, I am gonna put you on the spot and, mm-hmm. and ask you to come back for a part two. Oh, absolutely. That part two, I'm gonna get up to Toronto, make sure I drag your ass out, get you all fucked up, and it will be. Then <laughs> I'm never going out with that guy ever again in my life. Him and his friends. Wow, man, that that's awesome. But but yeah, so I, I, Frank, I, again, man, the insight, the storytelling, I really think it's cool how you've really put yourself out there, man, and created this, this business, created this business model of a good, hard, honest day's work will get you business. And that's what your company is getting right now is business. And, and it's because of the hard work, brother. And you're a great example to any player now that thinks that things are going to go downhill once he's done playing. Oh, no, that's dude. not true. You're making more money now than you did in the AHL, right, Frank? Way like quadruple. Wait more. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, like there's no, if you put your mind to something, it doesn't matter. That That's the one thing with me. Like I said, I've been broke. I've had a million dollars. I've been broke. I've been had another million broke, couple million broke. My last divorce was a fucking million. I mean, like, you know, like that just the one that, that happened two years ago. That's a lot of money to shell out. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, in divorces alone, I'm like probably two million into this fucking shit. You know, it's like. But it's life, and you know, so you can put your head down and cry like a little bitch, or you can get up, pull, you know, pull your panties back on and go to work. You know what I mean? And you'll make it again. And it's just the way it is. You know, that's what life. I mean, you know, you know, if you're tough and you want to do it, you're gonna do it. You succeed no matter how hard. You know, if you say shit's hard and you whine about it, you ain't going nowhere. You know, just climb in the closet and hang out. You know, when you feel out, like I said, pull your panties up and go to work, man. <laughs> you ever thought of being a motivational speaker, buddy? Uh, I mean, if I had the time and later, definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's like, but you got to have the right set of, you know, right, right mindset and people want to listen to you. You know, like yeah. you know, some of these kids nowadays, they just don't want to listen. They think it's going to fall out of the sky and you try and tell them, you know, like I have so many friends that like, oh, I'm going to be a hockey player. I'm like, listen, man, go to school, get an education. You're yeah. going to, you're going to, you know, and if hockey works out, you're going to be good. Don't, don't give up your dream. Just be prepared because you know, it's very, you know, as well as I do, there's millions and millions. It's not like, you know, I mean, think about it. The, the odds, no, are, I know. it's like the odds are, are yeah. so thin, man. Yeah. It, and it, it's incredible. Yeah. You yeah. some people are just fortunate, right place, right time. Should I have gone farther? Probably, you know what I mean? And I, but I'm not going to argue it or cry about it. You know, just, it is what it is. It's just, you know, you're not drafted. You have that, you know, there's a lot of things against and those things are what's hard, you know, like, so, you know, the way the route we went, 
I mean, I don't know if you were drafted or not. You know, I wasn't. I was a late pick to Buffalo, eighth oh, round. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah, but that's still something. I mean, I was nothing, man. I was like out of the uh, penitentiary league. <laughs> like, hey, and one thing I want to point out to add to that, Frank, was I thought it was incredible, dude, that you went from trying to get kicked out in warm-up in junior so that you could do your do your second gig, right? Yep. And, and make some money and have some fun. Right. And then pretty much four years later, like three years from you turning pro, you're in the National Hockey League, bro. Right. That's the, like, exactly. That's hard work and character, buddy. There's no other way. No other way that's happening. Right. Yeah. I mean, you've been down the road. You've seen it. You've been around millions of people. It's just there's something that makes you, you know, and like I said, it was persistence. It was every game. That's. You know, it wasn't like, and it, and it was in, in my head, to be honest with you, it wasn't even like, hey, I'm going to make it to the NHL. It was just like, this is my job, man. I'm just yeah. going to go here and entertain people and, and call it a day. You know, I, like I said, when I came to Philly, it was the same thing. You know, that was the first team that ever came into a big city. That's when they started that shit, you know, like playing beside. And, I, and I'm going to be honest with you. I, I literally like came in here and I was like, fuck, I do not want to go there. Like I got traded and I was like, duh, I duh. I don't want to go there. No one's going to want to watch this shit. You know, I go, why do you want to watch an AHL team right beside the NHL team? And I was like, all right. You know, and I remember the first game we were playing Kentucky and I was like, we're set. Yeah. You know, they Billy Barber started me in and Dave McKay's a couple other guys that were pretty tough. And, you know, and you know, Philly's like, a, you know, they love their brawling. You know what I mean? And I was like, I'm out of here, man. Fuck this shit. I said, I'm just going to put on a show and get punted. You know what I mean? So I lined up beside someone. I'm like, hey, we're going to go. And they're like, no, no, no. And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. So I dropped the puck and I started beating the shit out of me. Tried getting away and I'm punching him in the back of the head as he's skating away. <laughs> ended up dropping him. The place just went fucking nuts. And I was like, and there's only a few people in there, right? It's like, like I think we had 2,500. Yeah. Then, so the next game, you know, I get there and it's like 4,500 in the stats. And I'm like, oh, they like that shit. I'm like, all right. <laughs> like, oh, like three fights. Then it's on the news, like this asshole spent like half his life in the penalty box and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> they started running with it. You know, and it was like 6,000, 8,000. Dude, a month in, we got like 20 fucking, you know, then we had to brawl with a couple brawls with Hershey. And it was yeah. like, no one wanted to watch the fires. They all wanted to come there. It was out of control, man. So like, again, make your own bed, you know, it was fun. I, I was enjoying the hell out of it. I just couldn't care. I was like, God damn, I filled the goddamn building. <laughs> <laughs> wow, man, that's, Thank yeah, you. Dude. Thank you for sharing that, bro. Yeah, that's exactly that's what it was. I mean, it went from we were nobodies. Like no one even knew. Like the Phantoms did not. There was nothing, man. Like there's zero. You know, and you went like I mean, I had cars from dealers. I was the third highest selling like jersey in sports in Philadelphia. Um, really? Billboards. Oh yeah, dude. Everything. The Bio Lois n- number twenty nine. Yeah, yeah. You couldn't even get them. I was Lindros. Leclerc, me, and then, yeah, and, yeah, dude, it was, and that was above all sports, football. Wow, everything. yeah, man. Me and E yeah. were like, it's I think a hockey like, town, eh? Yeah, me and E were yeah. like 10, 10 jerseys apart, man, like that in sales. Wow, yeah, and um, things were so great that I mean, the the Philly Phantoms Hall of Fame is another accolade that you have, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that. Uh, you don't see that. Cool, dude. Yeah, you don't see that ever. A meathead in the in the Hall of Fame. That's it's beautiful. But hey, man, I mean, you 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 won a Calder Cup. You're a champion. 
Oh, right? well, for people, people here, like I said, that same mentality like Newfoundland. If you go there and you break your back, they're very sports orientated and they respect. Like they, they just, you know, people still, they see me. And like the other day I was buying fence and the guy was saying, the lady was like, what's your name? And I said it. And some guy comes running over and was like, is there a hockey player named that? And I'm like, yeah, you're looking at him. He's just like, oh my God, I was five season tickets. I watched as a kid. He's like, hugging me in there. I'm like, what the fuck? But that's how they are. They're just at it. They're like, dude, you made my childhood. And I was like laughing my ass off. It's like, that's great. Dude, they love it. It's, it's, it's a great city, man. Like I couldn't say anything better, you know? So being a member of the hall of fame, like what 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 kind of like events are there like is there a yearly event or is no, it just no, they just, induction just an obviously the induction must have been cool yeah that was cool i mean i got inducted with billy barber you know what i mean i think we we're the first one so it was, it was good it was nice it was a nice gesture you know what i mean it's like like i said they they really it was a family orientated with snyder you know and the flyers it's changed a lot over the last few years it's not it's more of a business with comcast now you know what i mean yeah but, that's right that's yeah, right. It's not, yeah, it's not the same, you know, but I mean, you were treated well. I mean, you know, you had this, like, it all depends. If you're a bum, you're a bum. You're not going to, you're not going to fool the people here. That's the bottom line. And if you go and you go to work every day and dude, nothing but respect, these people here will give you respect beyond anything you can imagine. Yeah. Billy yeah. Was that, are, yeah, like I know, obviously, you know, being part of the Leafs organization, you know, playing in the NHL. I mean, I know that you were up there for a long period of time. Yeah. That's what a lot of people don't realize is that, you know, like a healthy scratch is a I would guy like to that's thank all the, the listeners just as for much tuning in to another minutes. episode <laughs> right? of The Sheriff so you're doing, you're and Jamal. You're training, I would like to personally thank you for life. coming you're on right? to the show. We really appreciate <laughs> oh, it, brother. You are yeah, unbelievable. Life, We're going to sign off now, guys. We are in New York, and I actually puked that. I was like, I don't even think I was drinking. I was like, oh wow, yeah. He's like, sorry, man. And like, whatever, dude. <laughs> it's just like, how much more do we got to do? Uh, Frankie, I, I got, I got two things that I'm really looking forward to. The first one is when you come up to Toronto, because, buddy, I'm, 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 I'm making you live up to this. Buddy. We're, God, we're going out, do. bud. We're going as out, man. As soon as, as soon as, as soon as I get across and I'm at my brother's house, <laughs> I'll, I'll call you and say, "What's your address?" I'm sending my Uber guy for you. So I got this Indian guy out there. And it's just hilarious. Oh, yeah? Oh, he was with us the one night. He's like, you guys are out of fucking control. <laughs> <laughs> my friend and my brother's friend's wife won't be too happy. But, oh, well. We'll all get awesome, together. Buddy. It's all on now, now, I know that with, with the extreme weather in North America right now, your business is 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 at full tilt right now, right? You got something going on tonight, some trucks. Oh, yeah, and I, I shut my concrete down for the winter, usually December, you know, so I can do Christmas and hang out and take a little bit of time off. And then now we're in the plow season, so I, all the plows are on all the trucks, and yeah, they're going out. I'm actually going to leave. I'm going to jump in the shower and jump in. I got to be at the place at 10:30 in one truck, and, you know. So, I mean, we get yeah, I usually get about 15 to 30 trucks on the road, you know, in a good storm. So. Wow, that's yeah. great, man! Good for you, man! Congratulations! You got thirty get trucks. Thirty like, trucks. 
I own fifteen or sixteen, I think. So wow, like man. And then, right, and then the that's other like a are, those are like houses though. Like they're oh, not, they that's... like the dump trucks are. You know, they're two hundred thousand dollars a piece. Yeah. Right. So. Wow, good for you, buddy. I'm really proud of you, man. That's great. Right, it's buddy. a great example for all players, man. Something to look forward to, to you know, to, to look up to, right? Absolutely, man. You got to work. I mean, and if anyone, you know, I always try and help people and tell them, you know, whatever, you know, guys are around and they, you know, they, they you got to, you got to be willing to give and share. You know, that's that's what it's all about. Help each other. Yeah. Out, you know, that's what's wrong. What with would people. What would be the contact info like if someone if if someone needs like your services? For uh, just Frank at Bialo's Concrete, or you know that's that's all you know. Frank at Bialo's Concrete dot com. So you'll get me there, and my phone number's on the website. You know whatever. If they need it, they can get a hold of me. There you go. Yeah, everyone. I sleep with my phone, so everyone's got my phone number. Fucker, bring in. It's just well, like, I got it now too, buddy, and I'm I'm, I'm definitely gonna use it for sure. Uh, wait till I get across the border, man. You're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, I I, I think it, this would be great to sign off here. Um, I I want to thank you again, brother, and I, I want to oh, thank, thank our you. listeners for tuning in to another episode of the Sheriff featuring the special guest Frank the Animal Bialois. One of the best to ever do it. True legend in hockey. True NHL character. AHL legend. And man, I'm I'm so glad to have you on the show, buddy. Thank uh, you again. I really appreciate and, it. Thank you, man. Yeah. No problem. And to I'll the see, listeners, I'll see you soon. Okay. Remember, yeah, I'm coming. One hundred percent. And to the listeners, you have an Uber at your front door and be like, Frank says, get the fuck out. Let's go. <laughs> I love it, man. And to the listeners, we'll catch you. 